Welcome to the Blue Mountain Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We got a little different type of episode today. We're going to talk about breaking down a new area, somewhere you've never been before. Yep, this is episode number seven, and pretty much going to go through the gamut of of hunting in, in a new location. So yeah. we probably do it a little different. Yeah. Just a little housekeeping first, huh? We got four bears now. Yeah, spring of twenty twenty three. Four bears for the company, anyway. Yeah, I mean, bear a week. Yeah, so far. Yeah, it's I mean, April twenty third today, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so me and Dalton tagged out within the first five days for our Idaho general, and then took a couple of really close gal friends and helped them kill bears. Yeah, and. Good ones. The girls killed bigger bears than us. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's a testament to our ability to find good bears or just we aren't yeah. patient. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to work on the patient scale a little bit. Yeah. Or it could just be that uh, it's a lot easier when you don't like, when you can't pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot easier to say, I don't want to go over there or eh, he's not that big when you're not the one right. with the tag. So this is episode number seven. And We'll just do a rundown, a real quick kind of the points I want to touch on. So, picking a unit, yeah. First off, and then a, a date range. Yeah. Well, I mean, a unit. A lot and a date of ranges. a lot of that is decided for you. Yeah, but you some units awesome during a certain date range. Yeah. Terrible during others. Yeah. So, picking. Unit dates, yeah. Then breaking down that the terrain in that unit, yeah. And so specific terrain, yeah. Key features that you're looking for, I would say. Yep. Hunting pressure, where you think the pressure is going to be. Yeah, navigating hunting pressure. Yeah. It's one of the biggest ones right there. Yep. And then a lot of this is going to be dictated by species. Right. I feel like for, you know, deer, we'll, we'll kind of key in on deer and elk, and it's yeah pretty is, similar. Yeah. Like, antelope's easy. Like, you get <laughs> yeah. the easiest antelope tag you can draw, and then you drive around until you find them. Yeah. Um, you just so, get you a window mount yeah. in your truck. Yeah. Put... Burn rubber, burn gas. Yeah, that's it for animals. Go around, like you'll find them where you find them off the road. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, some people like, you know, like Stephen Renella says, he likes to hike for antelope to yeah, find that's them. Gay. It's also inefficient, just not yeah. the way to do. Like, if you want to do that, go fine. I mean, which I agree. I think that's also the case for like a lot of elk hunting as well. Like, covering country how best you can is the most efficient way. Like. A lot of the country I hunt is drive to a glassing knob, whether I can glass from yeah. the pickup or I got to pop out a mile to a glassing knob and glass. Right. That like very rarely am I ever committing a day. Let's say I'm, I'm not going to hike five miles during an elk hunt unless I'm going after elk. Very rarely do I do I would, that. Anymore. Yeah, I'll do it probably more than you would, but like a deer hunt, I'm much more willing to. Well, you can just, also see an elk with your naked eye from exactly three thousand yards. Exactly, you know, like and maybe not three thousand. A lot, like when I go out of state, I prefer to hunt open country. Yeah, well, so yeah, I, you can more, see. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and so yeah, we're not brush busted. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna go hike seven miles through this flat open ground to find see if there's an elk in a coulee like, yeah I'll just glass it <laughs> with my eight yeah. power binos you know taking a few steps and scanning yeah the, i mean i've done it don't get me wrong oh, i've yeah. killed elk like that but... I, i've hunted some of the thickest country in idaho and Damn. just you got to put boots on the ground but it's just inefficient especially if you're rifle hunting yeah oh yeah it's yeah. just Honestly, in that type of terrain, I've heard way more animals running away from me than I've ever seen. Yeah, agreed. Crash, break, snap. And then that's cool. It gets my blood pressure up, my heart beating. And I'm like, oh, I'm never going to see that. Yep. So let's uh, 
we'll say we'll just we'll kind of focus on elk and then it's, a, it's pretty much the same until you start getting into the the minute details well i mean me. it, when you're when you're picking a unit well yeah 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 so when you're picking a unit for for deer for me it it very much depends on the time of year because if it's yeah it's early like even as late as the first week of october i want to be able to get the open high basins mm -hmm. like that is where you're going to find mature deer november i just want low public ground in the low country that's what i want yeah with a lot of boots yeah a lot, of, a lot of open country sage you're not hunting you're not hunting bucks at that time uh, same, you're hunting does yeah, same thing for elk in september yeah but, so how do you let's say you have well you do you have a montana general pack you have 70 percent of the state available to hunt right a lot of how, how are you picking out a specific unit or units to hunt because you can't just in my opinion and i see this a lot online guys will be like i drew a montana general tech i'm gonna hunt this unit yeah that's a, a bad way to yeah look at you it. cannot handcuff yourself to a unit uh -huh. i don't even handcuff myself to a camp when i'm hunting solo i sleep in the front seat of my so do I. <laughs> like you want to be efficient yeah cover ground yeah I agree. This I agree a hundred percent. I'm parking. You know, I'm waking up early. I'm getting to a glass, and I'm checking this space over. I'll spend if I really like the look of a country, like a spot, I'll stay there for a morning and night, and maybe another morning. But if I don't see animals, I'm out I'm bouncing. Well, for elk, for me, it's less than that. Like, I give an oh area, elk, yeah. I give an area one glass less than that. I give an area one glassing session, like. If I go to a glassing knob and I glass from there for two to three hours in the morning and I don't see an elk, they're big ass yellow school buses. I don't see an elk in that two to three hours. I'm going somewhere else to really? glass that night. Yeah. They're I'm a giant going. yellow school bus on the mountain. If I can't see one, I'm going to go somewhere I can find one. I've, I disagree with that because I think some elk, uh, and especially depending on like what they were doing the night before, Sometimes those bulls that, you, you know, the bulls that you want to find, first light comes, they're bedded. They're not even up. Oh, and then evening comes around and they're hungry again. They bedded early. They're going to come out early. So if I give it a morning and a night for an elk, then, then I'll bounce out of there. But I always try and give it, it's depending on time period, right? If I'm in an area and I know there's just high densities of elk, I'm not. If I don't see any elk in the first couple hours, yeah. Yeah, I just... I'm out. Elk are so easy to see. So easy. To like see. it's for me, two to three hours of glassing in one spot. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. I'm out if I don't mm -hmm. see one. But so, yeah. How would you go about picking a unit or units areas to hunt in on a situation like that? Yeah. So we're just we're... talking about any western state, really. And I don't really want to say Montana because my first thing would be out the window. But I'm looking at public, like where I can hunt. Can I hunt this unit? Like, is there public ground? Okay, is what kind of terrains in that ground? If I'm hunting elk, I don't want a bunch of flat rolling hills. Uh, I want some mountains. I want to be able to get away from from people. I want to be able to get some glassy knobs. You know, I don't want a bunch of thick, thick stuff that you have to just bust or buck brush through. So that's the first thing I'm looking at is public land percentage. And then the terrain in that unit. Well, so I will say, like, if it's an archery hunt that I'm planning, I'm okay with less roads to get around. Um, because I, I'm not afraid to just go in and sleep, right? And, right. I, and make a, a commit, like a 10 mile loop. Because also, archery season, the weather's a lot nicer. Like, nobody want to be backpacking 12 miles in November. That just yeah. sucks. But, so archery season, I'm I'm okay with fewer roads and more timber. But you get to an October November rifle hunt. I want. I mean, the first thing is, yeah, you need a lot of public. Uh, probably, I I don't even mind big chunks of private because that'll that will tell me there's somewhere those elk will be able to survive. Some refuge. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I want not a shitload of roads but enough roads to get around and like i was saying just a minute be able to glass be able to cover country with my eyes 
it's it is so important for me that to be able to glass to find animals and when i say glass i mean i'm going to be glassing hold on sorry about, about, glassing. The, about the break but like i need to be able to cover a lot of country right and this is during a, a later rifle hunt where i can glass from my pickup or close to it big chunks of ground like 10 mile i can see an elk i can't necessarily tell what it is you could see an elk if you can see 10 miles you can see it through especially a, through a spot yeah through a spotting that's scope. when i don't i really hate glassing through a spotter that's when i don't mind when you're looking at a hill like five miles away yeah yeah well it's not so close that your brain hurts. yeah i'm like oh yep that that bush has berries on it yeah <laughs> sweet yeah you can actually see something but yeah. no so Look at that frog over there that's yeah. sick so i I seriously put a, I put a lot of weight into what I can and can't glass, and yeah, not only that, but like I want. So what are you looking for? Most I'm people looking, don't know what that means. Okay, so I'm looking for more open type country. Like yeah. if the north slopes have timber, but the south slopes and ridge tops are open. Oh, per buddy, perfect. Oh, buddy, because those elk have a bedding place and a feeding place, and they're going to be moving through that country. And if that like that whatever, if you can get to a like a ridge like that where the main ridge is running east and west and then you got north and south yeah um slopes on it yeah. with finger ridges coming yeah, off perfect. it and you can and i like to glass that from like kind of the southeastern yes. side I wanna, well i want to be looking i, I want to be on the north face of that slope looking on the south sides where i can right. actually see what's happening yeah but like i want to be able to see in the timber a little ways on the north side though yeah, like if, if i if i can if get can, on that edge yeah. yeah and then i like areas that and a way above it I want to be I want to be looking down on that ridge. Yeah. And I'm thinking of one place in particular in Montana that I hunted a lot uh, in 2021. You got the pin? Yeah. Well, I'll send it to you. Uh, okay. <laughs> but like there was basically a road so the, it's coming off of a big ridge system and there's flats down in the bottom and there's basically a road every 5 miles going up to this ridge. It doesn't get not they don't get all the way to the top of the ridge or anything, but they go up to it. How far from the, where it ends to the top of the ridge? Like two elevation miles or so. Two miles. Yeah, probably two thousand foot vert gain. God. But so basically, I would get to a place where I can see that, and I have five miles basically out of glassing, where there's there might be people on the other side of that, but I have a big enough section of open country that there's going to be. It'll hold elk. Like it's not getting just hammered by people. Where they're getting pushed. Yeah, out there, of the there's country. not. Yeah, there's not too many roads. You know how many times? But there's been, enough roads that I can get around. I've been glassing stuff like what you're describing right now before, where the you know there is pressure over there. Yeah. And I can see people, and I can see elk. Yeah. At the same time, and yeah. they're just not in the right areas mm -hmm. because they just go in blind. They have no idea where the elk yeah. are, are at. Yeah. And, and then you know, guys like us will go in the morning, find those, locate those elk, get them better or whatever make a play on them that night, you know, yeah. at way higher success rate. Yeah. So that's why, which is why they say, you know, 10% of the hunters kill all the elk. Yeah. The elk. Yeah. Which we're, I don't want to, I don't like just to suck horn, your own but we're, we're part of that 10%. I agree. Like, yeah, just by the numbers, if, if one guy kills an elk every 10 years and I kill 10 elk every 10 years, 15 <laughs> elk every 10 years hunting out of state, like I say, I'm part of that group. Yeah. I would. There's um, a lot of hunters, and if you're decently good at it, you're pretty much uh, yeah. in that ten percent. Yeah, but so, well, I mean, we got a lot. We can get way better for sure. Oh yeah, if you're not trying to learn and grow, you're not right. improving. You're not doing it right. Nobody's perfect. Put me in a stand and see how good of a hunter I am. Not gonna uh, kill. So cold. That so boring. <laughs> that little that little buck walks by after about two hours, negative ten. I'm like, yeah. you know what? Let's make some back straps tonight, boys. <laughs> yeah, let's get some back strap. Uh, so, yeah, basically when I'm picking out a unit, it depends on the time of year yeah. with the hunt dates, right? So if I have a September archery hunt, I'm okay with timber. I don't mind timber at all. I will head in with my bugle tube and a binos, no spotter, and just get after it. So big wilderness areas are all right. But then, like, just a little bit deeper, 
you need if you're planning a hunt in an area you've never been to you need to look at the population objective and where it is at mm -hmm. like i will only hunt areas that is that are above objective if they're within objective i don't want to be there because the fish whatever agency it is whatever state whatever amount of elk they think is enough is not enough for me <laughs> yeah i want to see more elk yeah. So you you really need to do a little bit of deeper research, and... which is opposite for me and deer. I don't care about that population objectives. Yeah, I don't like either that. because there's not. Any... I prefer like low densities. There's like really. ten units in the entire west that are above population objective for deer. So yeah, you can't hunt them. Either. Yeah, you got to draw tags. So yeah. it's like I don't worry about that for deer, but deer. Yeah, I want to be able to get 10 miles from people and into big, open, high country basins. And if yeah, it's if it's November, late October, I want units with low elevation and sagebrush browse that those deer can eat in the wintertime. And I want to be able to glass a lot, like more so than even for elk. I want to be able to cover so much country with my eyes. And I will sit there all day, all yeah, day isn't long. Isn't that weird? And like two days, I'll sit in one spot. If I see a doe that time oh, of year, i in the money. Like that Here is enough. Go. One doe is enough reason for me to stay on a mule deer hunt in late October, November. Like, Big bad John's coming for that doe. Yeah, you just know any yeah. minute now he's, he's going to come walking out of those sagebrush like da dum, da dum, da dum. Yeah, you gonna take it? You gonna take this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're gonna get this 150 grain nozzle partition right in the lungs. Is what you're gonna get. So it's you. You really gotta focus on this stuff. In mule deer country, you don't need water. Elk country, no. a lot of water. You need water for them to to thrive. Yeah, they drink so much more than a mule deer. Yeah, but but the food deal with elk is they're browsers, so they can eat whatever. Mule deer are not. They're 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 stuck. They're dying too. Yeah, they're mule deer specifically need brush and forbs to mm -hmm. browse on, and elk need they they can they can eat browse, but yeah. mostly grasses, mostly north grasses. slopes. Yeah. So that's why like sagebrush, uh, buck brush, bitter brush, all that kind of stuff is what we need for you need to look for for mule deer. Yeah. But, so when I identify a unit that is above population objective for elk another thing i'll look at is harvest success yeah and amount of hunters that hunted that area so i'm not going to go straight to the top of a unit because like so for example montana they don't list harvest success in a percentage they just tell you the amount of bulls that were killed yeah and so almost all the bulls Almost all the units that kill the most amount of bulls are over population objective in Montana. So I don't want to be at the top of that list. I want to be further down because a lot of bulls killed is a lot of people, just how it is. Mm -hmm. If there's 300 bulls killed in a Montana unit, there's 3,000 people hunting. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Like, I want to see a unit that gets quite a few bulls killed out of it just so I, I know that it can be done. Like, you, let's say there's a unit with, 40% harvest success, but it's 85% private land. Well, that just tells me there's not a lot of hunters in there. 40% of the guys who had access killed the bull. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily tell me that you're, you, you can go get it done. Right. Like, I, so I want to see a lot of elk killed, but I don't want to be in the, the unit with the most amount of elk killed because that is just a clusterfuck. It's just, yeah, I was in one of those units last year and I, just got lucky well you make your own luck you were there for a week and you figured it out and killed a bull yeah i don't think you asked me if i could do it again kill a bull that caliber there well no maybe way. not that, that caliber but oh i could go i could go give me a raggy yeah day one but how i often... know where all the raghorns are in that unit how many bulls have you killed of that caliber zero yeah in 20 years like <laughs> you're not well if these dickheads would give me a tag <laughs> well same. i just want to draw one tag same. i drew hey i drew montana deer and elk yeah yeah almost guaranteed <laughs> almost guaranteed odds but yeah you so we'll get to see about my antelope i didn't, you won't out find yet. out till august yeah but 
yeah, the it's just tough, right? Like you have to find a balance of there are elk there to kill, yep. but not everybody in the state is there. And it's, it's just finding a balance that works for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, I, I want to be like eighth or ninth on the list of the amount of elk killed, right? Because that, that does, that's a good balance because it tells me there's a, quite a few elk get killed in there, but not so many like yeah. that everybody's there. And to start out with, um, I'm going, I'm going a little higher on that list than you are. Like to start out my trip, say I'm planning a trip to Montana. I'm going to go a little higher on the success rate. I'm going to go take a look at what's like, I want to see why that unit's killing. There's a lot of bulls getting killed there. Yeah. There's certain other variables, right? Like, but if I don't like it, if I show up there and there's 35 horse trailers, I'm bouncing. I'm out. Yeah. I'm going to the next unit that I have on my list. So part of you need to have several different game plans. Well, and not only that, you need to have the ability to say, fuck it. Yeah. And Adapt pull out down. your map and be like, I like what that looks like yeah. and go there. I do that for, I'll do that for three or four options before I go. Oh, yeah. And I, then I've got, I've got a dozen places I want to glass from before I get to unit. Yeah. And I never have a dozen. It, well, I might not hit a single one of those spots when I get there. <laughs> yeah, that's like, true. That I'll, be, I'll be driving a ridge and like look over and then like, see a nice open country or whatever spot where i think there's animals and then i'll you know look on where i'm at look up the hill and be like look at my you know pull up my maps look at the top of the ridge that i'm driving on you know if i cut off the road and go straight up see if it's open up on there not you know but not a bunch of timber where i can look around yeah i might just park the truck right there hike up the hill yeah well and i never would have seen it on a map you know it's it's easy to overlook things when you're looking at a ten thousand but view of a oh yeah to the map and i am awful at e-scouting i'm a i e-scouting has always paid off for me like i'm i would say i'm decent at it there's always guys gonna be better than me but i'm 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 decent at e-scouting i've killed a fair share of animals from like Oh, that I like this spot. I can glass from here. Get yeah. there, literally shoot an animal from the the knob. Happened yeah. a few times, and that's another thing is if you're not putting a full work week into e scouting a hunt, like legitimately forty hours of your mm-hmm. time from when you find out you draw till then, or even before you apply, you aren't being. You're not prepared. You're not. You don't know what yeah. you're getting yourself into. Here's a little quick tip, too. Um, I can't remember who I heard this from. I think it might have been Remy Warren. Uh, But I started doing it, and it makes sense. A lot of times you're looking at Google Earth or whatever, one of these 3D mapping deals, Onyx or Gohan or whatever. You look at the ridge, you're like, I'll climb that thing. You get there, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That is steep. You go into Google Earth, you can go into your settings, and you can adjust this... um, the scale factor, I think it is. Yeah, you can. You need to go to a 150 to 175 yeah. percent scale to get a realistic view of yeah. what it looks like. Right. Well, that's what in, it'll look in like the when 3D, you show up. Yeah, in the 3D map. Yeah. Which and, you can only do on Google Earth. You can't do it on. Yeah. yeah. Nothing else is quite as nice as Google Earth. No, way for, better for e-scouting. Like you can't drop pins or waypoints, but if you find something that you like, take the gps coordinates and transfer it to an onyx or go hunt or i get lost a lot i'll be sometimes i'll be in google earth and like going up canyons and you know this and that and i'm like oh buddy there's elk there i guarantee it take the coordinates put it back in onyx i'm not in the same unit anymore <laughs> damn it <laughs> yeah, that'll happen yeah but no so did we do you feel like we even covered how we picked no the unit? <laughs> we're way off track <laughs> yeah so we're looking at, I'm looking at um, public land, harvest percentage, uh, we want some roads, glassing opportunities, we don't want too high success rates. Yeah, open country versus timber. Right. Depending on the season. Yep. Um, yeah, just, in the, all these variables come with the tag, right? Like, And also, I want variety. I don't want a unit that's strictly open country you know well it depends if it's a november mule deer hunt okay yeah we're talking I want about that. elk that's what, what we're talking about yeah well i'm just like in general it depends if it's a yeah. i still no. i still 
I don't, I don't, brush pockets. Yeah. Like that's what you're going to find in the country. That's all open. For, right. And, but if you're in, if you are after elk, yeah, you, you need some timber. If, mm-hmm. if there's no timber there for those elk to refuge, then that's either winter range or there are no elk there. Like I look for, I look for trophy potential too. And the reason why I look at trophy potential, I want, um, I want to be able to shoot a big deer or big elk there. Deer, not so much because you can find big deer pretty like a lot of places where they don't have the trophy potential right. But elk, if they're only shooting, you know, two fifties, that's all that is on the trophy potential. So they've been shooting that unit or that area for years. They've been just throwing the tags out and that no one's killing big bulls because no bulls get old enough. And I don't want to hunt that unit. Yeah. So that was, that also plays into like when I was saying, I want to be like eighth down that list on, yeah. on your, the elk harvest success, because if you're in a unit where they're killing 300 bulls, what bulls are getting old enough to make it yeah. maturity? And are you going to put in the work to find those bulls? I mean, when there's a lot of hunting pressure and a lot of harvest, you're telling me that you're going to find that well, one little pocket that's got yeah, that 300 it, inch bull in it? There might be one 300 to 350 type bull in a unit that is getting the shit shot out of it. You know where he's at? He's on that he's probably on private, private drop. Or he's in the deepest, nastiest, nastiest canyon, canyon and yeah. he never leaves. Whereas if I go to a bull that a unit that they're killing a hundred elk or 150, yeah, there might be half a dozen bulls in there that make that number. So it's just you're giving yourself more chances to find mature animals. Yeah. You're like, yeah, you won't see as many raghorns and cows. Yeah. But okay, do I want to kill another raghorn or cow? Right. Always. But yeah. people, <laughs> but I would rather shoot a 356 point. So. People also when they're looking at elk hunting, you know, they look at it wrong. In my opinion, they think that they're hunting elk. You're not hunting elk. You're hunting bull elk. You're not hunting cows. You can go into the low country and find, you know, herds of 60 cows in October or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't that cool. There's two, two raghorns and 10 spikes in that group. Is that what you want to kill? If it is, then that's what you should do. Yeah. Then you should be at the unit that kills the most amount of elk. Yeah. Go where the highest percentage of harvest yeah so you really gotta first off when you pick an area and this is for everybody out there define what you want out of bob you listening yeah define define (laughs) what you want first off do you want to go in an archery hunt okay more timber more less roads get in there that country deep bugle for bulls it's nice outside get after it locating them by sound versus by sight yeah and and if and then decide do i want a chance to kill a a big bull or do i and will i be happy with any legal bull okay so if you want a big bull don't go to the the unit with the most harvest success because they're killing all the bulls before they can get big yeah if you want a bigger bull you need to Go to a unit with lower harvest success where they aren't killing all the elk. Now it's gonna be harder. Yeah, it's gonna be a harder hunt, but you You'll see less elk. You You'll get discouraged. Yeah, you gotta decide what you really want. And then if it's a rifle hunt, go somewhere you can glass. Yeah. Going into heavy get country glass. Get good glass. Yeah. Going into heavy timber country during a rifle hunt. If that's your thing, you want it to snow and you want to track elk through that, all by all means go ahead. I'm not doing that. Not about that life. Yeah, I want to see elk, and I want to be able to glass elk. Like, that is the most effective way to kill an elk, is to glass. And so I need a unit that is going to offer me more than one spot to glass because you need a a lot of open country to glass or else everybody's going to be in the one spot. Mm -hmm. So you really need to look. And this goes deeper than any statistic. This is what you see with your eyeballs on Google Earth. Like, how much of this country can I glass? Or or am I stuck to one drainage? And if you're stuck to one drainage, then okay, go check it out. Have seven backup units to go look at. Right. Right. Like you can't, like we said before, you can't pin yourself down. But yeah, so you have, to, the very first thing is you have to define yourself. Yeah. What, what am I after? Hunt, what hunter are you looking yeah. for? And second to that is, okay, am I art, like, am I after a big bull or not? And then you decide what kind of 
topography, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of us start out looking for a big bull. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. If you're not seeing a lot of elk, it's going to be a lot harder to pass up a raghorn. Right. So you also need to understand that when you go into one of these units with less population. But you cannot kill a big bull you if shoot you shoot a little bull. Yep. And I'm not great at passing elk. I am terrible, <laughs> terrible at it. I'm fine when they're standing there. Yeah. And they're just like chilling, eating. Yeah. They start to run they away. They start they're to getting, walk over that ridge. They're getting dead. Oh, buddy. So then you need to pick pick out your dates, right? Like you you find a unit that meets all your criteria. Mm-hmm. You you need to, and you should probably honestly do this first. Pick out your hunt dates. Do you want to archery hunt in September with warm weather? Great. Or, or do you want to suck like suffer in November or October, late October, in cold ass weather? And that's going to define a lot of what you're going after. Like, if you want an October November hunt, you better find somewhere for today hunt it. Yeah. Unless you are a tough, tough some bitch and yeah. you are willing to drop thousands in gear. Yeah. And on, honestly, it's you don't have to be that tough anymore. Um, yeah. It starts drizzling and uh, everybody's in their truck and their tent. Yeah, me too, man. Anymore, I am not. If it's if it's if it's raining and I see everybody pulling out of an area, like it, it's, I'm going in. I'm re- I have rain gear. I'm not getting wet. I've hunted in the rain a lot, and and I love it when it breaks I, and everyone thinks it's going to rain all day and then it breaks. You get those elk that come out and they just walk out of the timber, shake the. Yeah, but how often? Yeah. Like I've often, had I've had more days that it doesn't break and I'm out there oh, than yeah. it does break. And I so like, be it. This sucks. It doesn't suck as much as anything else in life it's that sucks. sucky day of hunting is better than no you're, you're not 300 wrong. days of my life you're, you're not wrong but you could also like you're not going to do anything more productive then mm, that's debatable to me like i can go check out glassy knobs that day yeah. and decide if i'm going to waste a morning or an, or an evening sitting on that knob if i go there and i like what i see i'll come back i guess if i'm if i'm in an area where i'm not happy with that then that's what i'll do well I mean, it just, it, all these situations are so variable. Like it's all on the fly decision-making and and a lot of this critical decision-making will make or break your success. Like, yeah, yeah, if I, if I'm in an area where I'm fairly sure, like over 50% sure I'm going to see some elk, specifically a bull elk and it starts raining. Yeah. I'm going to stay there. Oh yeah. But if I'm just checking an area out or hunting blind in an area, and I haven't seen a bull yet. I'm not staying there. Yeah. I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go try and use my time. It's not more wisely, but efficiently. Like if I can go drive to these glassy knobs on this rainy ass day, and check three or four of them off, or even one of those off, so I don't waste a morning or an evening at that glassy knob because I don't like what I'm seeing. Then that has saved me a morning or an evening. What are you doing in the daytime? That's what I do during the day. Like I'm glassing in the morning. That's I'll do that in the day as yeah, well. But if I've seen an, an elk in the morning, more than likely I'm trying to kill it that day. Then you don't have to do any of that. Then your hunt's over. Yeah. But that like if it's raining and I'm in an area, that's yeah. what I'm gonna do. Unless I'm sure there's elk there. So it, it's the same thing. I guess it depends on how close I am to the pickup and what else is going on. If I hike in an air, you know, hike four miles back to a glassing knob yeah. and it starts raining. I'm going to wait at least until evening. And if it doesn't look like it's going to break down. Oh, yeah. If you're four miles from the pickup, I agree. Yeah. But if, if, you know, if, if I'm, I'm just a, up the ridge, if that's I, different. Yeah, if I'm even a mile away. And also when you are, if it's your first day of your hunt. Or oh, you're, yeah. Or, you're, cruising. or yeah, or your I'm last cruising. day. Like if it's the last day of the hunt and I'm, I'm committed two miles in and I'm like, it's make or break this spot. I've worked everything else out yeah. already. Then I'm not leaving. I'm still hunting that shit. Yeah. Like it. So that also is, is a, a variable on on what you're doing so yeah. i don't even know where we got started on this but <laughs> i think we like talking about the hunting part way more than we talk about how to find hunting spots in this i agree uh, what we're doing while we're hunting because yeah. that's all that matters well, to us. and this is the stuff we're trying to talk about right now is stuff that we don't really think about we just do yeah 
And so we're more apt to want to talk about the stuff we think about while we're hunting wow. than the stuff that we just know to do. Yeah. Because there's, there's certain things that are kind of set in stone when it comes to elk and deer hunting. And there's stuff that you can change all the time. Yeah. And you can do, use different tactics and different, uh, like, different deals to be successful in different types of units and different areas and different yeah. season dates. Yeah. So what are you, what are you looking for, for specific train for glassing knobs? For glassing like, knobs? Like, like, or not, I shouldn't say knobs because that is a train feature. Yeah. Glassing location. A location, number one, I want to be able to see. Obviously, that's, yeah, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. You want to be able to see. The more, like 360 degrees, awesome. If I can't see 360, I want the biggest amount that I can, or the ability to move and see different types of country. If I can work my way around the top of a knob yeah. and get a lot of coverage, that's what I want. I also want to be higher than everything that I'm glassing, yeah. especially in an area with, with brush. But if it's got kind of yeah, you look down into heavier it. brush, you're always going to see more animals if you can, if you're above them in elevation and you're looking down into them. Yeah. So like straight across or above, that's yeah. what I always prefer. So mine varies a little bit for deer and elk. Like for deer, where I need to be like in glass all day, I want Brian Barney from Eastman's calls it a master vantage. I want to be on the highest knob with the most amount of visibility like yeah maybe there's another knob that i can see into this draw that i couldn't see from the top but i can't see nearly as much country so yeah. i i want to park myself on that top glassing knob where i can see more maybe not into certain draws but the less when you're mule deer hunting the less time especially the first and last half hour of the day the less time you spend in the glass and the more time moving the less you're going to see yeah elk hunting when I'm picking out a glassing area, I like ridge lines where oh, I can yeah. work that ridge line and look into all these draws. Like I might hit the master on the way through there, but I want to, I'm not afraid to glass while covering country, you know, 10, 15 minutes per draw or however long if I'm seeing something. I like that first thing, honestly. A lot of guys like to go and sit on the top of the mountain first thing when they're looking yeah. I like to be moving around a little bit because A, they're going to they're gonna be actually moving, yeah. right? They're going to be moving in and out of draws and feeding, yada, yada. So they're easier to see. You don't have to be as locked in. Yeah. If you're moving down a ridge and then once, if you're not seeing whatever, if you don't see anything or you see something you want to look at, once it gets to that like mid part of the morning, I'm getting, I'm getting slower. I'm setting down. I'm getting steady and putting on the tripod and I'm looking for yeah. them moving and, into the timber. Yeah. And it, like, that's another deal. Like elk are so much easier to see that you don't have to be parked in one spot to pick up an elk yeah. like you can cover country and look into nooks and crannies yeah. well real world example the hunt with jake last year the morning the for opening morning we took off like we we debated the night before whether to drive to the master right. vantage that we wanted to get to or drive through and glass as we went we ended up doing that and we killed a bear yeah we didn't see any elk, but we killed a bear and got to where we wanted to be. Before we got it, like there was going to be elk in that country. There sometimes is, but the mo there was way more likely we were going to see the elk further in. Yes, exactly. Which is why we shot the bear, or else we wouldn't. Yeah, and so, but we had a predetermined amount of time. Like it's going to take us this long to get to this spot. Yeah, and then once we get to this spot, we'll be able to glass before these elk bed up because I'm sure there will be elk here. Let's see if we can catch them on the way in. So that's a like a real world of example of where we were covering country and glassing at first light. We just happened to be doing it out of a side by side, which that's fine. But, yeah. Yeah. So like you elk and deer, you really have to, it's not the same. You, no. can, you can treat them the same, but they're not. You can try a mobile vantage for deer. In my opinion, it just has never worked out as well for me. When I sit there and park it for deer, I find way more animals because they're so small, so much harder to see that the longer I sit in one spot, the more chance I have to see them. If I'm moving, every minute I'm moving is less chance for me to see those deer. Elk, this big yellow school bus, I can move, look into more country and see more animals because they're so big and so much easier to see. Yeah. 
Also, I guess this is worth mentioning. One of the very first things I look for, not where I'm going to glass from, but what I'm glassing into, if I can see a ridge line or a ridge or a series of mountains or whatever it is, a canyon, a drainage, a basin that has a north slope with uh, heavy timber with finger ridges that come off it that are open and that elk can feed on, but up towards the top half of that ridge is benches some kind of where it flattens out in the timber or not maybe not even in the timber but it's got some brush on it or whatever i can almost 100 percent guarantee you if there's elk in that area in those draws and everything they're going to go to those benches at no. some point during the morning to, yeah, to that, bed. that's their bedding area benches if you get to benches you're going to kill elk for sure they love those benches so we've kind of we kind of skipped the boat a little bit so oh yeah we're all over the place we we somewhat tried to determine how to pick out a unit still don't know <laughs> if we gave a good answer on it but say you picked out your unit or your area you want to hunt yeah what do you do when you show up like this like is how probably, do you go about it this is probably where we're going to be different so i'll i'll get a glassing knob or whatever somewhere easy to get to the my first day somewhere easy to get to where i can glass i'll glass that morning but then the middle part of the day, I'm hitting the road. I'm covering, I just want to see the roads, like especially if I've never been there, I want to see where the roads go, what roads are closed off that I thought were going to be yeah. open. I want to be checking glassing knobs when I want to look for, see if they're easy to get to, see what kind of people are there, if there's a camp at the yeah. trailhead or whatever. I'm just, I want to cover as much of that unit on the roads yeah. as I can. So. See I, where the camps are, see where the people are. I'm not sure why you thought we'd be different on that because like I don't, the the first thing I do when I get to a unit, I won't even glass in the morning necessarily. Oh really? Like I might if I got a like an easy spot to That's get to. That's what I'm saying. Like I could luck out and see yeah. that three fifty bolt. But if I'm when I show up to a unit, I don't even care if the season's open. I'm driving yeah. every road in that unit yep. to find out what I like, what I don't, where the people are, where mm -hmm. they're not. Where and those pricks on horses is what I really want to know. Yeah, I mean, I don't care about horse guys. All the, almost all horse guys want to be in five miles. Yeah, they're there to ride their horses and maybe shoot an elk. I'm there to kill an elk. They, a lot of horse guys, ride through some good country. Most well, of them. You're, to, it, the farther in you go, does not mean more elk. No, most time it means less elk. But, oftentimes it means bigger elk. Yeah, if you're in the right country, but I like. Horses are awesome for packing animals out, yeah. but if you, horses don't help you hunt. Oh, bullshit. They don't. Bullshit. They don't. I have the two of us who have hunted with horses. Both of us. Yeah. I've hunted with horses a lot though. You have. And I literally have a horse that will see every game animal way before you will. Not if we're on a glassing knob. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. <laughs> well, guess what? You got to ride the horse. Guys. You got to ride the horse at some point. Yeah, but think about how they much help. time you have to spend taking care of that animal. Not very much. More than you I want to deal with. You take the halter off, let it graze while you're glassing. Yeah. And then you see an elk. Guess what? You don't have to wear your legs out to get there. You jump on that thing, down the mountain, up the mountain, no brakes, no stops. Yeah, but you're like. Shoot it. Put the elk on the horse. Walk out. You're still tied down to something. Oh yeah, like and you you're, can't, you're tied. You gotta, if you go, if you deadfall, you're screwed. Yeah, if you pack cliffs, you're if, screwed. If you pack in to a base camp with elk, like a lot of people think of when horse hunting, you pack. You're tied down to that base camp. Oh yeah. You if you don't, and you have a camp at the pickup, you're tied down to that camp. Nobody wants to. Not really. You just have a horse trailer. Yeah, but do you are you gonna drag a horse trailer around the entire yeah. state around the whole unit? I sure shit will. <laughs> Most guys won't. Yeah. Most guys will not They're do that. They're not hunters. They're horse guys yeah. that are hunting. Exactly why I say most guys don't get, like, horses don't help most guys kill them. Oh, they yeah. help them pack them out. For sure. But that's just that aspect of it. Oh, I'm not opposed to it. I wish I had somebody on speed dial to bring me horses. Yeah. That's what I wish. I used to. <laughs> Talking about you, mother. Why do you sell all the good pack what horses? The shit, Stacy. And now you just cut a bunch of barrel horses. Why these barrel horses pack barrels of yeah. elk meat? She's like, you can, you can take this one. I'm like, I'm not taking a barrel horse into the mountains. Yeah, you we, want me to die? <laughs> you, 
I hope your mom doesn't listen. She does. She listens to all of these, so don't <laughs> say anything bad. Let's say to get that horse to go wherever you want, you're going to have to give it a bunch of cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they get them Pretty to run 16-second barrels. I'm going to see if I can... Also, pro tip, Stacy, you want to bust into the 16s? Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> For your horse. <laughs> she actually won a barrel deal the other day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good good for her. Yeah. That is awesome. Pretty proud of her. Yeah. But anyways, what are we even talking about, dude? No idea. So when we're talking about where we're going. We're just covering country, basically. When you get to an area you want to hunt, before you commit to anything, unless you've already been there, Figure out the unit. Yeah. Figure out where the people are, where they're not, where you think the elk are going to be based off of the pressure. Just cover a country, drive the roads, figure out where every road goes and what roads are closed, what roads aren't. You know, just you have to figure it out before anything else. One thing that I always try and have the mentality of is I'm not special. If I saw that area and think that there's elk there, there's probably 10 other dudes saw the same thing on Google Earth, and they're going to be there too. Well, that I is like to have. That's why back you got to think outside of the box as much as you can, and you need to try and be proactive, not reactive. Mm-hmm. Like, if you drive somewhere and you're like, "There's a bunch of people here, and there's nobody here," reactive would be like, "I'm going to go up in here." watch these guys shoot all these elk out over to where there's no people And proactive would just be going where there's no people in the first place where these elk are going to get pushed to get away from people that's the best yeah and you can't always do that in a really high pressured area but you have to set yourself apart somehow whether it's sometimes that's hunting through the rain yeah or be able to shoot long rain or you're become a better more committed glasser than they are shape be able to outwork them yeah and you don't even have to be in that great of shape. You just have to be mentally tougher than everybody else. That's so else. true. Like, honestly, though, helps a lot. Oh, yeah. It helps a lot. Yeah. Like, you can, you can, you can muscle through and, and probably some, some guys that are, you know, out of shape or whatever could probably keep up with me for a day or two. You hit day seven, they're in the truck, dude. Like they're like my feet are all blistered up because I haven't been wearing my boots. Oh yeah, my legs are cramping. I can't even get out of the truck. Like you're gonna hurt. Yeah, and and guess what? You got to pack a bowl out now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're mentally tough you, enough for that. Well, yeah. we. Like, I'm I am I'm mentally tough enough for anything. <laughs> so, like, you just can't. But what I'm I'm not saying being in shape doesn't help, but there are dudes right now who are just in the world the greatest shape in the world that might not be able to go with us just like they aren't mentally tough enough to do this shit yeah and not give up like it's pretty because that's a lot of more like at a certain point of the hunt too if it's a tough one if you're really grinding it might not even be a physical thing you might be in the pickup like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah. Why can't I find an elk to kill? I can't What's wait. What's happening? What's sh- going to happen when I go back to the, the house and Troy's like, you find any elk? And I have to say no. <laughs> like, I'm going to get bullied. <laughs> but yeah. Like, so oh, like, you think you're such a great hunter, dude. Where are these elk at, huh? <laughs> I'm going to get bullied. Yeah. Man. That's, I mean, that is a real deal too, is motivating yourself in any way possible. Like the, the fact that, we live together and we're both good elk hunters. It motivates you to yeah. get something killed when you're yeah. hunting. Like that's I'm no bullshit. Lie. I think about it sometimes. Yeah, I do too. I'm like, I can't go back. <laughs> I'm not going back. <laughs> I'm not going back. I don't care how far it is. I'm going. If I go back, it's got to be right now so I can move out before yeah. he gets home. <laughs> got to make sure it's not on the weekend so I can leave. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And it's good. It's good. The people that you hang out with, are going to either help you or hinder you. If you got, you know, the guys or gals that you're hanging around with that are like, no, dude, don't, don't go scouting. Don't go look at his hills. Don't, don't go hunting. Let's go to the bar. Let's go to the lake or whatever. Yeah. And that block them. I think for both of us, that was a, like a legitimate mindset shift from our early twenties to now where 
hunting was always fun and we pri- but we prioritized fun in every way if it wasn't hunting season it wasn't as fun as we could be having on the lake or at the right. bar or now the priority is hunting because it's fun, but it's a year round thing now where you yeah. want to have the most fun you can then. Don't get me wrong. And you, like, and you start I to golf. enjoy the process. I love golf. I golf all the time with Daryl and Wes and everyone else. But like I haven't gone this spring. Yeah. And that was a legitimate mind, mindset shift for you as well. Yeah. Because I was usually going, you know, twice a weekend or three times Shit, a weekend. COVID is twice a day. Yeah. I was out there a lot. I was tan. I was tan yeah so you gotta like find motivation for yourself because and and build that mental toughness somehow through motivating yourself because if you are in phenomenal shape but you get to the pickup on day six of a nine-day hunt and you're like i can't find milk i'm going home yeah that's not that you're never going to be successful at your house so it's it's building a a mindset, a mental, a mentally tough mindset to just not give up, not quit, not think what else you could be doing because whatever else you go do will never be as satisfying as grinding it out and being successful. We're getting way off topic here, but I just want to say one more thing about it. It can, it can mean a different things, right? It can mean what you're talking about where like you're, you're tired of shit when you get back to the truck and you're like, oh man, I got to drive another hour and a half to this other spot that I want to go to. I really would just rather sleep right now. Yeah. I'd rather sleep. Maybe I'll get there a little later in the morning. Maybe that's when you miss that bowl. Yeah. Because you weren't there at first light. And I'm in a situation like that, like just that example right there, I never sleep first because I know right. I will sleep in. Yeah. Like, and I'd rather sleep in and wake up a half hour late at that spot than wake up a half hour late an hour and a half away right yeah. like and plus you wake up late and drive there you show up late with your truck there could be another guy parked well there. there could be a guy there or you could find a million reasons on the way that you shouldn't go to that spot yeah when you're driving in the dark you don't see anything yeah that you see what's in your headlights and you there's nothing to distract you like oh i should check out that spot i should check out this spot no motherfucker you should check out the pl- you should stick to the plan stick to the plan yeah what you decided yesterday shouldn't change unless there's an elk standing on the side of the road like that you could kill right then you know you you make these plans for a reason and you go through all of this e scouting and all this mental like fatigue trying to you know figure these elk out you need to stick to your plan unless there's literally an elk standing there to kill. Yeah. So I agree. How right. far, how far out are we? What do we got written down? Specific train features, navigating pressure. Oh yeah. Like, so let's talk about that. You show I mean, we kind of did. Did we? Yeah. Like we didn't talk about navigating. Yeah. Pressure. Like proactive versus reactive on the pressure. Yeah. That's only one part of it though. I mean, yeah, I get get into it. I'm all right. So, with it. if I show up to a place and uh, you know, say I take this one county road and I see a bunch of camps on it, those camps are typically hunting within a couple miles of where they're camped. Yeah, they're not driving to the other parts of the unit, and there could be a reason for that too. Don't get me wrong; there, that could be where the elk are. But when I see those camps, that lets me know. Okay, in the morning. All these spots that I have marked out right here where I want to start walking, there's probably going to be somebody there. So what I'll do, especially early on in the hunt, I'll find the tallest, biggest, easiest to get to spot, and I'll just be the first one there. I don't care. I don't even care if somebody comes and sits next to me in that morning. I want to see, I want to be able to look over a lot of country and see where what the pressure is doing, like where the people are, not necessarily even where the animals are, just see where the pressure is. Once I see that pressure, I'll I'll start formulating a game plan to go from there. And if the pressure's too much, I might be I might just leave and go to a whole nother area altogether. Just depends on on the accessibility of a area that you want to hunt and who's accessing it from where. Once you know that, if you can get to a different spot like that people aren't typically aren't getting to because it's too far in or you have to climb up this insanely steep face and drop mm-hmm. over the top of a knob honestly two steep faces like going up getting to the top of a ridge 
dropping back down and up the other side on the top of ridge that 99% of your people that stops them right oh, there. Shit. One, one extreme vertical gain out of the pickup is typically enough to stop that. Most yeah. people. I would like, say that stops probably like 60 or 70%. I put it 85 to 90. Really? Like if it's a, if it's a legitimate thousand foot pull in yeah. a mile, you, you're stopping most guys. Yeah. You hit two of those. Yeah. You know, nobody, one. nobody's yeah. going in, which for, for good reason. Sometimes me neither. <laughs> yeah. Deer hunt, I'm in. Sometimes hunt, I'm out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes I'll just stand on that first ridge on my tippy toes and look over and be like, I can't really see over the top of that other one. There's probably yeah, there's no elk over there. And probably 350 bulls just laying on the other side, you know, because nobody wants to go over there. Yeah. And then, so kind of right along that same vein is pressure all isn't always everything, right? Like, you gotta kind of try and figure out how people are hunting shit. If there's a lot of people camped in a drainage or, or along a road, and over the backside of a ridge there, nobody's touching it. There's probably something in there. Like they're just it. Animals don't necessarily care if there's people close by. Is they're not getting messed with. Is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. a lot of great big deer in Colorado get killed. A quarter mile from a paved road that yeah. just nobody goes there they overlook it yeah my best bear spot overlooked nobody knows where it is almost no one knows except where it is. everybody that i've taken <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and it's it's the perfect example of just an overlooked place yeah i don't even know the more that i and talk to people i don't even know if things are getting overlooked or people just don't know what to look for oh it's both right but like if there's a bench 500 yards up a ridge from a road but like there's not an easy way to access that bench that's overlooked to me like people are just oh. driving by yeah. if there's not a, a literal trail yeah, or a place to glass it. Yeah. Easily, that's overlooked. Yeah. And I'm, I'm probably not climbing up there just to check up the bench, like the little It bench. depends on how good of an area it looks, like how big it is. Like, if I'm archery hunting, I would do it probably. I don't know. But I'm just saying, if I'm rifle hunting and I'm, there's a little, you know, 100 yard, like 100 yard bench up on the side of a mountain. I'm probably not going to go up there. Depends on what kind of, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's variable, right? Like, yeah. What, I see what you're saying though. Yeah. Like, but it, I'm not, I'm not, not necessarily like a bench either. Like if there's a draw, it could be glass from the road. I don't hardly hunt areas anymore. I glass them. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same. Well, I'll, so here's an example in Montana. There's a mountain. Really? That, in Montana? Yeah, there's a mountain. There's a mountain? And <laughs> you, this might, I'm glad not that many people listen to the podcast, but there's a mountain that you can go, see the backside of it real easy from a, a dirt road. Well, you can only glass the front side of that mountain from the freeway. Oh. Nobody's stopping. The, I glassed it. I pulled off the freeway and glassed it, found elk on it. Yeah. Like, it was three miles off the freeway. And, but you can't see that side unless you're on the freeway. Uh -huh. And so I pulled over and glass it. Can and you found hike out, to it easy? You could hike. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a two and a half mile. Steady uphill. That's it. Not even really that bad. Huh. Like you just, just couldn't see. The only way, the, the only way to see it was off the freeway. Nobody's pulling over off the freeway to glass. Yeah. Like nobody wants to stop on the freeway. Uh -huh. Like I actually found a set of Vortex. Um, Window uh, vortex window mount. I thought you were gonna say diamond I said I was gonna say they probably threw those out going down the freeway. Yeah, with, they got a headache. I even hunting this weekend, I looked through my set of uh vipers and I was like, No, <laughs> touch me. Yeah, I don't like them. <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't yeah. like them. Yeah, they're they're rough when you after got you get binos, yeah, yeah, you get a good set and just everything else. I hunted for a long time with shit glass. So, and yeah, you had the Cabela's. Yeah, had the old Cabela's special for a long time. Those camel ones. Huh? A lot of shit with those though. Yeah, I, I hunted honestly for a lot. Big part of my 
hunting life. I didn't even carry binos. You're that guy glassing through your rifle scope? No. <laughs> I would never do that. I would never, ever do that. I never have done that. Yeah. I hunted thick stuff, though. Yeah. And it, you don't necessarily need it. Yeah. Right? But I, I was hunting Kim Kardashian thick stuff. <laughs> Just two or three C's, man. Yeah. So, you got anything else you want to cover? Man. Uh, Basically, I'll just leave it at this. If you're hunting deer, early season, big open basins. Late season, low brush-covered open country. Mm -hmm. Elk, archery, more timber if you want to call, less timber if you want to spot and stock. Um, Don't be afraid to go high and low in elevation. You want to rifle on elk, and you don't want to track elk through timber you need to find open country doesn't matter what elevation accessible open open country that you can drive around in and cover ground because they're going to be bunched up and there's going to be a lot of country devoid of life at that time of year so that's it man that's episode number seven blue mountain hunting podcast how to find animals not even well i was gonna break down i was gonna say like how to find a how to pick a unit or or pick a park country but we we uh we're gonna have to go more broad because we talked about so much shit we'll just call it initial hunting plans yeah no i'll just say uh yeah no i'm the one that's posting it you know yeah no me we'll (laughs) just we'll just call it how to find a hunting spot yeah i like that